All right, well, good morning. I'm excited to be able to share uh, this morning. Uh, we're going to be in Matthew 5 this morning. Um, I've entitled this, this message, uh, You Are the Light of the World. You are the light of the world. And so, if you would turn uh, to Matthew 5, uh, 14 through 16 is going to be our, our main text. As you do that, I'm going to get a couple things set up here. All right, for those that cannot see by the podium, there's a candle that is lit and hopefully will remain lit during this talk. Um, Matthew 5, 14 through 16 uh, says this. This is Jesus speaking. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a, la- but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Well, go ahead and turn, since you have your your Bibles open to Matthew 5, go ahead and turn to the beginning of the the chapter. Um, And let's set the backdrop just a little bit. These are very familiar verses, um, but I do want to read these this morning, starting with Matthew 5, verse 1. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, For they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great. For in this same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by people. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lamp stand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. You are the light of the world. That's what I want to talk about this morning. Um, you know, it's, it's seven words. You are the light of the world. And it's words that we've probably heard many times. 
you know, this morning I would like to take some time to expound upon uh, this phrase, um, hopefully in new ways, hopefully in ways that, that help us think. I know I've been challenged as I prepared uh, this week, and, um, and hopefully um, some things this morning uh, will make you think, will make you uh, challenge yourself um, to, the, to, the, to the declaration, you are the light of the world. You know, the scripture is full of references to light, uh, many of them in direct um, opposition to darkness, light and darkness. Uh, but what is light? You are the light of the world. What is light? Let's try to unpack this a little bit. 1 John 1.5 says, This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you, that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. 1 John 1.5 says that God is light. And Christian orthodoxy holds that God is the true and uncreated light. God is the true and uncreated light. And there are many other passages of Scripture that speak to God being light. Jesus, the Son of God, is called light. And there's one other one, we can't go to all of them this morning, but there's one other one, John 12, 35-36, says, um, So Jesus said to them, For a little while longer the light is among you. Walk while you have the light so that darkness will not overtake you. He who walks in the darkness does not know where he goes. While you have the light, believe in the light, so that you may become sons of light. Jesus calls himself light and his followers sons of light. All right? So the first part of this, uh, of, our, of our verse of Matthew 5, 14 through 16, uh, you are the light. Let's talk about this, that just for a little bit. You are the light. Jesus tells his followers that they are the light. But what does that mean? I'm asking you to think, what does this mean? You are the light. His followers are told, you are the light. Well, we use the phrase candlelight, and I have a candle lit down here um, to symbolize this. You know, the implication could be that the light belongs to the candle, the candle light. Um, that the light is the candle's. But we realize that the candle is only a vessel that can be lit. All right? A candle or lantern provides light when it is lit, but not before. When I carried it down, before I lit it, it was not providing any light. It was, it was a candle, but it was not providing any light. You are the light of the world. You. You. You are the light of the world. So, is this an assignment? A declaration? A calling? A judgment? Yes. Yes, it is. It is all that and more. It is a proclamation and the declaration of the life found in Christ. And so I don't know what your reaction to hearing you are the light of the world is. Um, and we don't know what his followers' reaction was. I mean, we, we hear this phrase so often. But imagine being told you are the light of the world. Maybe they, um, maybe they said something like, uh, why, Jesus? Why draw attention to us? We don't. That sounds like it's going to, people going to recognize us, and we don't want to, we just, what are you doing? Um, perhaps you've had the same reaction. You know, how are we the light? In what way? What is your reaction to being told you are the light? Do we believe it? Does it intimidate us? Does it excite us? What is, what is your reaction? And how about those that Jesus actually said those words to. Do you think his disciples thought, 
That's right, Jesus, keep preaching. We know we are the light. That's what we are. You're saying the truth. Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe they did, but if they did, it wouldn't have been the first time that they thought they knew what Jesus was talking about, and they, they got it wrong. Um, do we grasp the weight of the words? The almost ridiculousness of it? Or is it too familiar to us? Do we understand the sheer impossibility that we, selfish, prideful, fallen, can be light of anything? You know, our reaction should be closer to that of the Virgin Mary's reply to Gabriel when she recognized her unwed and lowly stature and said, how can this be? For without Jesus being born in us, both proclamations are impossible. Let's not act like one was a miracle and the other one isn't. Well, when are we light? By simply existing, are we light? Jesus said, you are the light. So are you the light? Are you the light? Well, let's, let's start simple. Let's break this down. We are the light when we don't live in darkness. Sounds pretty basic, but we are the light when we don't live in, dark, in darkness. We can't have a foot in both camps. You can't be light and, it, and also be in darkness. In declaring us the light, Jesus is saying that we are how the world is able to see. You are the light of the world. We are how the world is able to see. When we walk in the light and participate in the light, we are light to a world in darkness. The light through us enables the world to see. But with Paul, we recognize that it is not us, but Christ who lives within us. All right, so the second part of the phrase, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. You are the world's light. What a lofty proclamation. You are the light of the world. That we are called by our master, the light of the world. Are we not honored to know that we have what our neighbor needs? A way to see in darkness? You know, of course the temptation is always to think that because we have something valuable, in this case light, that it somehow makes us better than others. It's always been the temptation. That because we are the light of the world, in some way we are special. Do you feel, you understand that Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Well, that's, that's, kind of, that's kind of cool. Um, now we may, we may never say this, but who we really are has always been revealed by our actions and not by our words, hasn't it? You know, we have already mentioned that light is not of our creation. It is not for us to possess. It is not yours or mine to be hoarded, nor can it be. And this is the interesting thing about the light. In reality, you are not more valuable because you are the light, except to others. Because you have it. That you are their light. Your value is found in the value that you give to others, not within yourself. Is that, does that make sense what I'm saying? You are not more valuable because you are the light, but you, but you add value to people that need light. You are valuable to them. You are the light of the world. 
In the same way that no one can boast that he is the greatest in the kingdom of God. Think about this. No one can boast that he is the greatest in the kingdom of God. No one can become proud or arrogant or selfish with themselves being light. For in the moment you do, you cease to be light. And for the moment you would boast that you are the greatest in the kingdom of God, you are not the greatest in the kingdom of God. You are the light of the world. You are not your own light. It is not yours. You can't keep this light, for it is the world's. You are the light of the world. It has been given to you for the world. Like manna in the wilderness, if you hoard it, it will become like you and me at our worst, broken and deteriorating. You see, even in this, we are told that we exist and we live for others. Think about it. You are the light of the world. We're told that we live and exist for others, for shining God's light for others. Light exists for others, and so you exist for others. Could you find a bolder claim that you have a purpose for others than this? Let your light shine. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. So let your light shine. You know, our light shines when we live in a way that acknowledges that Jesus is the Lord of our life. Let's let's talk about what what does your light shining mean. When we live in a way that bears witness to our desire to love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Our light shines when we live in a way that takes to heart and puts into action and love your neighbor as yourself. Let your light shine. There's a, there's a quote here from uh, George MacDonald. I don't know how many of you are familiar with him. Um, and, I, and I have something towards the end that I want to share of his as well. Um, that When I was preparing for this, that really struck me. And he says, light unshared is darkness. To be light indeed, it must shine out. The very essence of light is that it is for others. Nor do they light a lamp and place it under a basket. Neither has God lit you to not shine, to be placed under a basket. Well, what, what is the basket? Let's just talk about that just for a little bit. Nor does anybody light a lamp and put it under a basket. What, what, what is this basket? <clears throat> well, is the, is the basket, and you have to answer this for yourself, but is the basket our selfishness? Is that, can, that, can that be part of it? Our desire to control the light and not be an instrument of it. If the light is contained within us, used simply to light us but no more, it ceases to be love and therefore it ceases to be light. For light and love are always for others. The very essence of light is that it is for others. Shining is a selfless act. It cares not for itself, not for keeping its light inside, not hiding it under a basket, illuminating only itself. No, Light shine. Light must shine. So, how does this? We're gonna try this here this morning. 
How does this look to you? Y'all let me know if I start smoking. Light must shine. Let your light. Let your light. So, so whose light is it? Let your light. The problem is when man thinks that he has light of his own to shine. And I think we can probably acknowledge this. Uh, that we have light that originates with us, that comes from us. Light that reflects us. But light that reflects not our Father in heaven is no light at all. But selfish shimmering fool's gold. And we who cling to it as though it is gold become the fools. Again, God has not lighted you so that you can keep the light to yourself. So that he might light you and you only. Any creature set on fire by the love of God can't help but shine. But as soon as one refuses to share their light or act selfishly withholding love from others, the light is extinguished. You see, we're talking about you are the light, but then there are, there are ways when you're not the light. This is not just a blanket statement. You are the light. Now, now you're the light. The light can be extinguished. We do not shine for ourselves, and I think this is, this is crucial, we do not shine for ourselves. We cannot wield the light. It is not ours to command to use for our benefit. No, the light wields us. We are vessels and instruments of it. A soul who through God's love has been set on fire must shine. It owes that much to its creator. It cannot help but shine. When you hear the phrase, you are the light of the world, I hope that we take time to think, am I living up to this? Am I fulfilling this? It's not, the phrase is not saying, you are the light, so no matter what you do, no matter how you live, you will be light. And we'll get to that a little bit more um, here in a second. Well, the next, the next part, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. You know, light shining before men here is equated to that they may see your good works. All right? Do you know that you were created for good works? And I know sometimes we have this thing where we, we hear good works and we start getting a little queasy. Um, do you know that you were created for good works? Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. So let me explain this back to you in a different way. You are a lamp that was created to shine. I'm going to go ahead and light this lamp here. You are a lamp that was created to shine. I think our basket's still doing okay. 
This means that we were not created without a purpose. And I hope this helps us understand that. We were not created without a purpose. We were not created just, just to just see what would happen with us. We're not just out here walking around and God, I want to create them and then see what happens. No, we have a purpose. We have things to do. God created us for good works. For without good works, how will people see and praise God? And that's, that's this scripture. Without good works, how will people see and praise God? Good works are interactions with our fellow man that puts God in them first. And these verses call us to participation. This is not just a statement that is made. This is, this is a an invitation to participation. Participation in the shining of the light. You cannot shine and be a light to the world without participating in the light. You cannot shine and be a light to the world without participating in the light. And, and so, in that respect, good works that are not of God can in no way be called good. Good works that are not of God can in no way be called good. And so my mind you know, was drawn to this interaction between Jesus and the rich young ruler. Okay, so y'all, y'all's wheels turn, you're going back. Do you remember how that story begins? He addresses Jesus as good teacher, to which Jesus replies, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know, this should help reorient us with our perspective to good works. Do we use that term too loosely? And is that why we have this apprehension towards it? We could ask ourselves, why do we call our works good? Only works of God can be good. And that is precisely what Jesus is referring to. Now we can be tempted to think that letting your light shine, that they may see your good works, may mean simply speaking to people about God. All right? Everybody's it's not smoking. If it starts smoking, let me know. And, and, and yes, we should be sharing our faith with others. Let your light shine. Um, but letting our light shine involves more than just words. No matter how much you talk about God, you cannot be light without living for God and others. Letting your light shine involves more than just words. Now, so far we haven't addressed possible applications for letting your light shine. That's a nod to last week's sermon. Um, neither have we addressed what these good works are. Um, we've used phrases like, share your light, don't hoard it, don't hide it, let others see Jesus in us, etc. But if we aren't careful, we can determine what we think those things mean. We can just decide, well, I, I think I know what this means, what being the light of the world looks like. You know, there was a reason why I started reading the scripture this morning in the beginning of chapter 5. Do you remember what preceded our three verses on being the light of the world? There were ten verses that Jesus said before he said, you are the light of the world, that explained what it looks like to be the light of the world. Jesus is telling his followers and us what good works that shine look like. When Jesus says, let your light shine and he must deny himself, and whoever wants to be the greatest must be the least, and take your cross and follow me. These are all synonymous with one another. You, you can't let your light shine but not do these other things, and if you do these other things, you will let your light shine. 
God is light, and so us letting our light shine is our participation in that light, our participation in the ways of God. Good works that shine are works that find themselves as part of the kingdom of God. The works of those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, works of the merciful, works of the peacemaking, works of those poor in spirit, works of those pure in heart who desire to see God. These and others like them are works that shine out, that give light to a world in darkness. Works not of selfishness and self-love, but works done in humility. These reflect the heart of our Father, and so they bring glory to Him. Let your light shine before men in such a way they may see your good works, and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And glorify your Father who is in heaven. You know, the risk is always that the lantern will get praised instead of the creator of the flame. That's, that's always the risk, right? And so, the same Jesus who said, you are the light of the world, reminds us in another passage of our utmost dependency on him. John 15, 5, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And if we were to apply this to our text today, we could maybe say something like this. I am the light, and you are the lanterns. He who abides in me and I in him, his works, or fruit, his works, shine to the world and cause others to praise God. For apart from my light, you are darkness. For apart from my light, you are darkness. We need to ask ourselves the question, do people see God in my works, in my actions, in the way I live, in the way I shine? If they don't see God, why would they praise God? And if they're not praising God, they're not good works. And if they're not good works, they're not shining. And if you're not shining, you are not the light of the world. Do people see God in my works? And, and many would say, that's a tough question. What does it mean for a human to display God? I'm just going to let that pause for a second. Um, let me put it a different way. What does it mean for a human to display God? Do people see Jesus in my actions? Jesus perfectly displayed who God was. Do people see Jesus in my actions and works, in the way that I live? You know, I can know all the right things to say to people about God, but what is my motive? You know, Paul says that without love, you are nothing. And nothing cannot be light. And my light might be going out here in a second. There we go. <clears throat> I was contemplating the ramifications of my lantern going out during my message on You're the Light of the World, and I hadn't come to the conclusion of that yet, but we'll, we'll find out here. <clears throat> Living as God would have us live, as we were created to live, is letting our light shine. Okay? Living as God would have us live, as we were created to live, is letting our light shine. Loving your neighbor as yourself, loving your enemies, being humble, not fighting to be at the top, but serving others as being like Jesus. And so here's the, here's the important part here. We can shine no light 
if we are not obedient to Jesus. We can shine no light if we are not obedient to Jesus. You cannot be light as something that you set out to be. You cannot just set out to be light. You can't just decide, this week I will be light. Being light is a product of a life lived in obedience and submission to Jesus. Only then can we be light. Jesus is saying, when you follow me, you are the light. And following me naturally implies actions, good works, that will shine. Not shine out in a way that brings honor to you or me, but in a way that brings honor to the Father. When we say, not our will, but yours be done. When we strive to see the world the way Jesus sees it, then and only then can our light begin to shine. Well, there's this part here that, that Jesus says, so, so let your light shine. So let. I'm going to take a couple, couple of minutes here to talk about that yet. So let. Still we must choose to walk the path. We must desire to walk even when we feel we can't. We must, out of, a, out of faith, cry out for God to help our unbelief. Just like my lantern here. That's a good segue. I think I'm just going to... Well, I don't want to go out. It goes out, it goes out. And like the candle, we talked about the candle, is it the light of the candle, does the candle, is the vessel, and like the candle, however, it is in some real way your light. In some way it is your light. Jesus very well could have said, let my light shine before men, but he didn't. He said, let your light shine. And just as a lantern does not create its own flame, nor a city its own light, they are responsible for the light that they contain. Don't put a basket over it. Let your light. You know, the, the divine spark that each human contains is not of their own making, and yet in some way it is part of them. Many lanterns, humans, move through the world every day in defiance of God and neighbor, and so their sparks can be no more than a seemingly forgotten gift of the Creator. From the outside, they seem dark and deserted. The glass has become opaque and dirty, and it may not even resemble a lantern anymore. We must choose to let our light shine. And in doing so, we can shed light in a world full of lanterns who have forgotten how to shine, perhaps a vast number who have never shined. So let your light shine requires participation on our part. Our light shining is an indication of the work happening on the inside of us. Our light shining is an indication of the work happening on the inside of us. To have your spark fanned into a flame by the Holy Spirit, your heart in God's great forge being purified into pure gold, that is what it means to let your light shine. Are you a walking furnace filled with God's flame? Let your light shine before men so that they may see the good works that it does in your life and long to be purified themselves. Let your good works shine before men that they may see 
What is happening in your life? And say, that, that is light. And now I realize what darkness is. Your life and actions are pointing people somewhere. My life and actions are pointing people somewhere. You can't decide which ones count or matter. And that's the life and actions or the people. You can't decide which ones matter. But Jesus said, you are the light. And, and we, we can easily hear this as only an individual declaration and maybe miss the communal truth to hear as well. And I wanted to speak a l- just a little bit of that this morning. As individuals, we are called to be lanterns that shine and give light to those in our house. And as the body of Christ, we are called to be a city set on a hill. A city is made up of many vessels of light, as is the church. 1 John 1.7 says that if we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. If we walk in the light as he himself is the light, we have fellowship one with another. When we collectively walk with Jesus, we dwell in the light. We are part of the city on a hill that beckons all to come out of the darkness. Just as one part of the body does not make up the whole, one lantern does not make up the light of the city. And there is something special about being part with your light, with other people's light. Um, walking in fellowship one with another. <clears throat> and so I, I don't want just to hear this, you are the light, just as like an individual thing. Like as the body of Christ, we are the light of the world. Um, in, in preparing for this message, I, I kept thinking back to <clears throat> a statement made by uh, one of J.R.L. Tolkien's characters uh, named Gandalf. I'm going to share this this morning. Um, in the, and you may be familiar with it, in the Fellowship of the Ring, to the rest of his companions when they were in the mines of Moria. And I'll try to set the scene for you that may not be familiar. Um, a, a party, a group of, <clears throat> we'll call them people, have set out on a, lo- a long journey or quest that requires them to traverse through an impossible mountain range. They've got to go across this impossible mountain range. And after being unable to cross the mountains, they turn back, and with some trepidation, And because of the unknown of what creatures they might find, they finally decide to journey under the mountains through these large caverns. It's called the Mines of Moria. And almost immediately upon entering the mountain, their way back is sealed by a collapse of the mountainside. And now the only way out is to continue the long journey through the mountain to the other side. And I don't know if you've ever been underground, when it's pitch black, but there's nothing, nothing like darkness when there's no light. It's nothing. And so for a second, it's, it, there's nothing but darkness and silence until Gandalf lights this really small light. And then he says words that portend the unknown ahead of them. He says, he says this. He says, it's a four days journey to the other side. Let us hope that our presence may go unnoticed. It's a four days journey to the other side. Let us hope that our presence may go unnoticed. When we believe that Jesus is saying, you are the light of the world, when that is being said about us, it will change us. 
Hopefully our purpose is no longer to journey stealthily through this life, hoping that our presence will go unnoticed. And I know that there and our situations are different, but how many times are we tempted to live in ways that exhibit that same ethos? You see, there can be consequences to shining. Right? And rather than let your light shine before men, we may selfishly be tempted to let as little out as possible for the journey ahead in fear of those who might be drawn to the light that may know we exist because of the light. Some may see your light and persecute you falsely. Do we choose when to shine and when to shield the world from the light? Remember that there have been profound individuals whether they realized it or not, who were the light of the world in their time, who were martyred. Yet their good works still shine in such a way that they still point others to the Father, even today. Light that is of God and from God cannot be destroyed. You are the light. Well, why did God pick humans to be vessels for his light? You ever thought about that question? Why did God, why did God pick humans? Wouldn't, have been, wouldn't it have been easier to light the world in some other way? Well, you were created in the image of God to become like Jesus, the Son of God. Our end is to be sons or daughters of light. That's what we were created to be. By saying you are the light of the world, Jesus is telling us what we were created to be. We are not called to be something outside of who we will be. This is not some detour that we're just being now and then and we won't be. The kingdom of heaven is here now. He is telling us to be who we were created to be, who you will be. And yet still, being told that you are the light of the world may seem so daunting. There is so much darkness. What can my, what can my light do? In our submitted weakness, he shines. In our brokenness, when we as a child run to him, he shines through us. We know we of ourselves can never live up to be the vessels of light that we are called to be. Jesus knows this. He knows you better than you know yourself. And yet, he says, nevertheless, you are the light of the world. Jesus wasn't talking to perfect people. He wasn't declaring them perfect and wise, therefore stating that they, because of their achievements and accolades, were the light. If there is to be light in the world, it will come from those who follow Jesus. If there is to be light in the world, it will come from those who follow Jesus. You are called to be light. I am called to be light. You are the light for somebody. You see, when we stop using the phrase the world, you are the light of the world, as a, as a large, dark place, this nebulous place, and we start seeing it as faces, the world being humans, it may help bring some perspective. You are not the light for every human. You do not come in contact with every human. But you are the light for somebody. Whose life has God placed you in who needs light? Who needs you to be light? Think about that. In your week, in the job, in your relationships. Who, knew, who needs you to be light? Let your light shine. Our time is up. Um, and so in, in conclusion, I'd like to, 
to close with, a, with another quote from George MacDonald in relation to the light of God shining through us. Um, and he says, he says this, God alone is the light, and our light is the shining of his will in our lives. If our light shines at all, it must be. It can be only in showing the Father. Nothing is light that does not bear him witness. The man that sees the glory of God would turn sick at the thought of glorifying his own self, whose one only possible glory is to shine with the glory of God. When a man tries to shine from the self that is not one with God and filled with his light, he is but making ready for his own gathering contempt. The man who, like his Lord, seeks not his own, but the will of him who sent him, he alone shines. He who would shine in the praises of men would, will sooner or later find himself but a Gideon's pitcher left broken on the field. He who would shine in the praises of men will sooner or later find himself but a Gideon's pitcher left broken on the field. We remember the story of Gideon, how the 300 men surrounded the enemies and they took their torches and they put a pitcher over top of them so that nobody would see them. And just like the pitchers, whose only purpose was to shield the light, remain shattered on the ground, so we, in trying to hide our light and keep it to ourselves, will become broken and useless. To shine is to be a reflection of your Father, for He is light, and in Him there is no darkness. In the world, and at times in us, there is much darkness, which again is why we must walk in the light as He is in the light. We can't shine if we don't walk. We can't shine if we don't walk in the light. So Jesus' words to us this morning, you are the light of the world. So the question for each of us is, am I light? Jesus isn't declaring everybody who hears these words light. He is declaring those who strive daily to follow him and be faithful to him light. Remember the verse we read in the Sermon on the Mount. So the choice is yours. Will you be a lantern? Or will you be a pitcher? A pitcher that hides the light, refusing to shine, destined to be broken upon the ground? Or a lantern that gives light to all that is in the house? By the power of Jesus, let us be vessels worthy to walk, desiring him and him alone, so that it may be truly said about us to the Father's glory, you are the light of the world. Let's pray. Father, we know that in you, only in you and not of ourselves, can we be found to be worthy servants. We are unable to even see ourselves properly without your guidance. And yet you have called us to be the light of the world. Lead us in the light as you are in the light, that we may truly shine before others who are in darkness. Continue to purify our hearts so that we can be a clear reflection of the world of who you are. Where we have failed, forgive us, change us, and continue to make us after your Son, our Lord Jesus. In his name, amen.